It's TechBiter Worldwide for the week of November 9th, 2008. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news and a lot less than an hour. That's because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. You might want to sit back from your computer just a bit this time. I seem to be coming down with a cold. Speaking of nasty things, chances are you don't care much for spam, and neither do I. Fortunately, the defense mechanisms I have in place mean that I have to see the spam only when I actually want to look at it to see what has arrived and landed in the slop bucket. That doesn't make it any less annoying, because I know that it's there, and I know that some of what I spend every month with my Internet service provider and some of what I spend every year with my Internet presence provider goes to pay for transmission, retention, and delivery of this crud. On the TechBiter Worldwide website this week, I have a list of subject lines from the spam messages that I received in a three-hour period. There are 158 subject lines, and that's after I eliminated the duplicates. Suffice to say that the total count was well over 200, well over 200, for a three-hour period. Well, a 24-hour day has eight three-hour periods. See, I was real good in math in high school. My daily spam count, therefore, exceeds 1,600 messages. Probably half or two-thirds of these messages contain viruses or Trojan horses. The remaining messages are pitches for bogus drugs or scams that only a fool would fall for. Of the 1,600 messages, about 1,200 are definitively identified as spam by Spam Assassin and eliminated. The other 400 or so are examined by Spam Arrest, and with about 99% accuracy, they're dealt with. So what I find in the slop bucket is a small percentage of a small percentage of the messages that I receive every day. It doesn't make it any less annoying, though. And spammers, well... They're not very nice people, but they're not stupid. Consider this message that I received on November 6th, two days after the election. Regardless of which presidential candidate earned your vote, the creeps and criminals have a way to get your attention and try to steal your computer. This message, the one I have in front of me, could easily have been flipped. All you do is swap the names. But here's the message. It claims to be from the McCain News Center. And the subject is Barack Obama in danger. McCain will fight for president post. What's inside? Well, it's a message that has four bullet points. McCain lawyer impeach Obama. Uh, Well, only the House of Representatives could do that. And only once Obama is actually sworn in as president. Bullet point number two. McCain has reached an agreement with Obama lawyers that makes Obama resignation effective November 11. Well, that's utter nonsense, of course. John McCain is an honorable man, and he has done no such thing. Barack can lost president's chair. Okay, 20-yard penalty, lousy grammar, faulty capitalization. And then the final bullet point, McCain video report, 7 November. It then offers a link for the rest of the story, but only a fool would click it because as I look at the message, I see a lot of additional dead giveaways. The listed time zone is central. Washington, D.C., where such a story would likely originate, is in the eastern time zone. So is New York. That's the other place a story like that might come from. The McCain News Center says it is located at USA.com. Well, that's not exactly a U.S. domain. It's owned by somebody in New Jersey. It's not a government domain. 
and the message claims to be from a, and I quote, 2008 USA government official website. But all government websites use the gov top-level domain. Click the link, and what you get for your trouble is an infected machine. The link will take you to Sarensky.com, which is registered to a probably fictional Greg Kvot in CQ, North Carolina. The town of CQ is not in North Carolina, and as far as I can determine, it's not anywhere. So you won't get something for nothing. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Gullible is still listed in the dictionary, and spam news stories are still hazardous to your computer. If you really believe you'll get a Dell XPS laptop for free, or that you can obtain an auto warranty for 0%, or that generic Cialis exists, you need to have your fraud detection circuit checked. So yeah, you could say that I'm not a big fan of spam. But I think you knew that already. Here's a quotation. Freedom of the press belongs to the man who owns one. Well, by today's standards, that is certainly a sexist comment, but it was understandable when A.J. Liebling, an American journalist who lived from 1904 until 1963 and was closely associated with The New Yorker from 1935 until his death, uttered the comment. But the Times, as Bob Dylan once said, they are a changin'. Pardon me a moment while I flip my nostalgia mode on. Once upon a time, newspapers were the primary source of information for people. They have been largely supplanted by radio and television. Newspapers are scrambling to find a business model that will work in an Internet age, but it's a challenge. Most newspapers will probably die within the next 15 to 20 years. Radio and television appeared to be able to fill the void because the Federal Communications Commission required a certain amount of public service programming, and until sometime in the late 1960s or early 1970s, radio stations, even the rock and roll stations, had real news departments with real reporters. Sadly, that is no longer the case. And when consultants became the leading designers of local news programs on television, the motto, if it bleeds, it leads, became firmly entrenched. Anything that is violent, amusing, or photogenic is sure to lead on the evening news. If it's substantive, now make that boring in the vernacular of Joe Sixpack. And by the way, I wrote that before Sarah Palin commented on Joe Sixpack. It won't be in the news. So if you want information, you have to find it on your own. Okay, let's turn off the nostalgia mode, and what can you do? Well, there are still sources of news, lots of sources of news. Most of the nation's major newspapers, the ones that probably will continue to exist, have websites. And although the news hole in the papers is constantly shrinking, the websites do provide useful information, and often it's free. New York, Washington, Chicago, Los Angeles all have newspapers available online, along with newspapers from smaller cities around the country. McClatchy newspapers, for example, are well worth watching. This is the third largest newspaper company in the U.S., and it is fiercely independent. McClatchy papers are, in their words, steadfast defenders of First Amendment values and advocates for the communities they serve. But beyond those web-based resources are others that are well worth visiting. The BBC, NPR, PBS, and others all provide useful points of view. And sites such as those by the New York Times International Edition called the International Herald Tribune provide an interesting viewpoint on the news. Or maybe you want to be your own editor. In that case, you'll want a program such as RSS Owl. This is an application that reads RSS feeds from the world's media. 
and presents summaries for your review. You'll see a screenshot of the program, and the program is free, by the way, on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And you'll see that I review news daily from the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, the McClatchy Group, Fox News, the Chicago Tribune, Columbus Dispatch, Al Jazeera, and several others. Well, I don't look at Al Jazeera every day. Everybody has a point of view, an angle. I'm looking for a well-rounded review, and RSS Owl helps. RSS Owl is a cross-platform application, which means that you'll be able to use it with Windows, OS X, Linux, and Solaris. Better still, you can save the configuration file you create on your Windows machine and load it on your Mac machine, or vice versa. As an open-source application, RSS Owl is free to use, although the authors would appreciate your donation to their cause. RSS Owl is one of several applications that collect data from RSS-compliant sites. As such, it's an aggregator that allows you to gather, organize, update, and store information from any compliant source. RSS? Well, RSS has several possible meanings. I consider it to mean really simple syndication. Others say it means rich site summary. The meaning has actually changed several times over the years. Bottom line on RSS Owl? Well, it's hard to deny five cats to any free application that does exactly what it's supposed to do and does it well. That's a pretty good description of RSS Owl. And speaking of news, in nerdly news, not much up for Patch Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, the 11th, Microsoft will push only two security updates to computers. And of those, only one is rated as critical because it responds to a remote code execution vulnerability that affects Microsoft XML code services, versions 3, 4, and 6, on most versions of Windows. This week's advance notification included few details, and that's normal. But the remote execution issue is known to affect at least Microsoft Vista, Server 2003, and Server 2008. Also involved in the security hole, Microsoft Office, the Word Viewer 2003, SharePoint Server 2007, and Groove Server 2007. The second critical patch also addresses a remote code execution vulnerability, but it is rated only as important instead of critical. This patch will be applied to machines that are running Windows 2000, XP, Vista, Server 2003, and Server 2008. Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer could probably buy all existing Yahoo shares of stock with his pocket change, but he says the company will make no more bids for Yahoo. Yahoo shares are currently valued at less than half of what Microsoft had offered for them several months ago. Ballmer said at a technology conference in Australia that Microsoft made two specific offers for Yahoo, and Yahoo's management didn't want to sell the company. End of story. Ballmer says that Microsoft had attempted to partner with Yahoo on search, not advertising, but that didn't work out either. We moved on, and they moved on. Now, the phrase move on turned up numerous times in his discussion with journalists. The attempted acquisition, had it been successful, would have been gigantic, but Yahoo turned down an offer of $33 per share. Move on, said Balmer. The questions came up at a conference because Yahoo, illustrating uncommonly bad timing, has said that it would be willing to talk with Microsoft again now that Google has decided not to pursue a partnership with Yahoo. Jerry Yang... Yahoo's CEO said the best thing for Microsoft to do is to buy Yahoo. <laughs> it's pretty optimistic. Uh, that would be the best thing for Yahoo, maybe, now that the share price is under $14. But for Microsoft? Uh, maybe not so smart. In every part of the country, large parts of television spectrum are unused. These are called white spaces. 
And these white spaces may soon be used to develop new versions of Wi-Fi for computer communications. Google and Microsoft are among the companies that have been pushing the idea of allowing use of these parts of the spectrum by unlicensed devices. And now the FCC has approved the idea. Google President of Products Larry Page says new wireless devices operating in unused portions of the television spectrum can usher in widespread, fast Internet access that just works. Needless to say, broadcasters object because they fear that these devices will degrade their broadcast signals. The advantage for Google is obvious. More use of its advertising business means more money for Google. But Page says part of the motivation is to improve people's lives through better coverage. The FCC expects the use of these new frequencies to develop about the same way standard Wi-Fi has. Page says hardware developers are already working on chipsets for white space products and that the first of these devices could be on the market by 2010. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of November 9th, 2008. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website. That's www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.